Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. Hi, my name is Ed Rendell. I'm a medical director at Wessex LMCs and I'm joined today by Dr. Laura Edwards, who's a joint chief executive of Wessex Local Medical Committees. Hi, Laura. Hi. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Excellent. Nice to it's be been, here. It's been a, a busy few weeks um, in general practice, to say the least. Uh, we're just uh, chatting before we started the podcast um, and we just want to talk a little bit about what you've been doing over the last couple of weeks around the media. We were on uh, um, ITV Meridian News at the end of last week and uh, we've had a, a press release out and a few other the papers locally picking that up and uh, just interested to hear about how you found that and what, what you've been saying. Yeah, so I, I think um, I, f- I found it a different experience. It's uh, it is something new for us to to go kind of big on the media, um, but it came from a need that um, we felt last week that uh, it was really obvious to us in the LMC that uh, general practice is absolutely under the cost and that practices were coming to us every day saying literally these are record numbers for us every day and yet there was kind of nothing in the media that was reflecting that and we thought if A&E were going through this we reckon this would be in the media but general practice is seeing numbers they've never ever seen before um and and it it's just, you know, it's just silent out there. And we were talking to the ICB teams locally and saying, you know, where are your comms on this? Like, where are the public facing comms explaining this to people? Um, because it will have a knock on to people. And I, I got it through my family and friends of people saying, I tried to bring my GP surgery and I've been on the phone for a long time and I can be, but like, this was a really long time. Um, and I'd say, well, it's strep A and they'd go, Oh, oh, I hadn't really thought about that. So I thought, wow, we need to, we need to get out there. We need to explain to people this. Um, so we'd done a press release and off the back of that, then the Meridian um, invited uh, us on. And so I accept the invitation to, to go on and talk, talk about it. And what were you saying to um, Meridian? What were the key messages you're trying to get across? So I think what what it feels like at the moment is that the public are, are some distance away from, from reality. Um, there's been a lot of political rhetoric over the past 12, 24 months, really, and even before that a little bit, but particularly over that length of time of, of GPs and, and practices getting getting kind of vilified, really. Um, and there's a real disconnect of the message they're telling the public around um, workload and workforce versus the reality. Um, and so actually we wanted to kind of start opening up that conversation really of saying actually this isn't this isn't the fault of the workforce which is kind of where the politicians and the media seem to have laid the blame for for what's happening is is actually on the people doing the work whereas actually we wouldn't do that for any other scenario so if if you went to a restaurant for example and you had a hundred tables and there was one waitress um it they could be the best waitress in the world but they're not going to be able to give what you would deem good service to 100 tables it's, it's just not possible so um you would potentially leave that restaurant and say you didn't get good service but would you blame that one waitress or would you actually say it's because there weren't enough staff and that was the problem they were a lovely waitress but there weren't enough staff and and it's that part of the conversation that we actually need to move to for general practice is that realization of how few staff we've got um i think it's something that people can't kind of directly see and they can't see how busy we are again if you were sat in that restaurant you'd be looking around wouldn't you and you'd be going yeah. gosh there's a hundred tables in here and there seems to there's only that one waitress do you, do you really like, think there's only that one waitress but we can't yeah, I think do I that heard in you some, practice yeah I think I heard you you had some stats I think on the on some of the media you did as well have you got mm-hmm. those down sorry the 
yeah. yeah. So, so for our three different areas, we looked at like the population and the number of GPs. And I, I think it, it kind of, you have to put that with the activity as, as well. And then it shows you just how hard we are working the current kind of staff that we have. Um, and bearing in mind, everyone is working hard at the moment. The world is busy and complex, but I just don't think like the public are aware of quite how far kind of like the mismatch has gotten now in terms of how much need there is medically and how complex our population are medically and 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 how many staff we've kind of the government has put on as it were um to to service that need so um we looked at uh hampshire we looked at our three areas that we've got data for um we haven't we haven't got the data for that for frimley which is our fourth area so we're working on that one at the moment um but uh we have hampshire and isle of wight that there's a population of 1.9 million people um and uh, there are only a thousand gps trying to service that demand mm. um and uh, bsw uh is 600 gps again up near a million we're, we're at 990,000 patients and you've got 600 gps um and uh and for dorset we had about 400 so 399 uh, gps and we've got over 800,000 patients um and those are tiny numbers if you yeah. kind of put those against each other um and as we said the second kind of bit of that so so pulling that out the other way of looking at that is for every 1000 patients there's 0.4 of a gp which again, just in my daily life, sometimes when I'm not trying to think about work, um, I find it quite difficult because I find that when I'm walking past people, the conversations that they're having are, I tried to ring my GP or yes. I need to go and see my GP or you should go and see your GP or my daughter went to see their GP this week or my granddaughter went to see their GP this week. And actually it, you know, health and accessing GPs is, is just, you know, we do it a lot. And, and that's, that's what the activity shows is that there's about 457 appointments per thousand people, which is nearly the equivalent of one in two of the population accessing their GP every month. That's on a monthly basis. So every four weeks, we are seeing the equivalent of one in two of the population with a workforce of, let's say, for Hampshire and Isle of Wight, a thousand. Yeah, I think I think that's just not, you know, it's just a lens that isn't shone enough, really. I think the the public just don't get that perspective enough uh, from it. Wait, what what sort of what sort of messages? So I think it's it a real opportunity to speak directly to the public. What what sort of messages do you think they heard from you um, and from the press release? So I think there were two. Well, there were three messages that we sort of wanted to, to talk about. One is is about the, the the size of the workforce, which we've just talked about there. Um, the, and, and not blaming the workforce, which again has been this really clever thing that they've, they've kind of done nationally with the political rhetoric is somehow blame the workforce for there not being enough of them. And we've never done that for other professions. So, you know, HGV drivers we had, didn't we, uh, fairly recently that we didn't have enough and that, that, was causing lots of issues. Um, but we never said it's the HGV drivers 
fault that there aren't enough of them. Um, yep. So uh, we need to, we need to move from that. And um, the second thing was really trying to highlight that our our population is now really quite medically complex. Um, again, I think people kind of know it, but they don't stop and think how much our population has changed. Um, that's that's both in age. So again, there's some really interesting graphs if you look back at how the shape of the population in terms of age categories has has changed. We we have really large numbers now of people over 80, um, in fact, over 65 upwards. Um, and again, because we're doing wonderful medical things, we've got increasing numbers of elderly, um, uh, but they've got they're, they're more and more medically complex. Um, so not only is there the, the age factor, but there's also the number of um, diseases that they're surviving, um, which it, it means we're kind of the NHS is a victim of its own success in some ways, um, because yep. what we needed to do was if we are doing all those wonderful treatments, we then need to make sure that we have enough effectively kind of aftercare, um, recognising that someone who's got one or two or three cancers in their background they're really different when they come into our consultation rooms. So that headache that presents, if you know someone's had cancers in their background, you you will just slightly have your spidey senses, won't you? Like just yep. that little bit heightened. They are a different prospect um, to somebody who's never had anything like that in their background. And when you start adding in all the conditions, so you've got diabetes and you've got some cardiac disease and they've got cancer in their background and they've got a bit of asthma um, and, 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 then um, actually they're very, they take a long time to assess um, much more so than if someone walks in as a blank canvas and says I am totally healthy I don't take any medications I have no long-term health conditions because actually you and I know that um, so it's a rarity isn't it I think yeah. you're like, are, are, are you honestly you've got no past medical history no drug okay what's your fresh problem that I can just deal you know it's uh yeah I completely agree with that I think the you know the complexity is is just grown and it's uh you know you can't really write a guide. You, you can write a guideline for a lot of things, but you can't write a guideline for, you know, someone who's got three or four conditions. And you, you that's where the sort of art of medicine comes in. And, it, it you know, it, it takes more time. It's far, far more complex and we want to do it safely, really. Yeah, I, f- I find now, that, like certainly in my recent clinics, that people trying to tell me their story of just kind of just their opening intro to themselves and whatever problem they've got that that is often taking seven minutes even 10 minutes just to describe you know I had this and then I had this and I've seen this specialist and then I've had this operation and then I've seen this specialist and then I've had this operation and then they started me on this medication this and you know they keep they keep going um and and I kind of do need to know that background to be able to assess the symptom that they've come in with today um but it's yeah that I'm not given extra time for that. We're we're still trying to cram everything into these ten or luxuriously fifteen minute boxes. Yep, absolutely. And and time, you know, time's another factor in in the media. I mean, was there anything you didn't get the chance to get across? Because they're quite short and sharp. Some of the uh, media interviews. Yeah, so so um, you will laugh because uh, I I prepped an answer for the why do people struggle to see their GPs uh, question, uh, which was the first one they came out with, and it was mainly around sort of demand and supply. Although I, I don't really like that word around people trying to access healthcare, but uh, requests and and supply of workforce. Um, but the bit that I didn't get to counter on uh, was uh, was around the number of appointments. Um, I tried really hard, and in my first go, I had I had a couple of takes and the 
first go, I, I, I went for the tactic of not really breathing uh, so I could say my whole answer. Um, yep. and they, they wouldn't be able to interrupt me, <laughs> but, <laughs> good uh, but um, <laughs> it's a good technique. But unfortunately, um, they, they got to the end of the take and they're like, uh, Laura said that was a great answer, but it's a little bit long. <laughs> so, so we had to do a, a retake and, um, and I had to, I had to make my answer more concise. But the other one that, uh, the other couple of points that I, I didn't get a chance to voice were around the, this misconception of how hard we're working. So again, there's been this blame the GPs type um, uh, message. And the second one has been, they're not really working that hard. If they just worked a bit harder, we'd all be okay. Um, and again, that's a real myth. If, if you actually look at the facts, which is always a good place to start, then actually the number of appointments has gone up. And if we look at, let's say four years ago, because that was pre madness of COVID um, and took it from there, we've actually increased the number of appointments by 20%. So framing that in a different way, that's an entire day a week extra appointments that we are laying on with less workforce. So in that time, the workforce has gone down rather than up. So um, so that's one one fact. And again, the other one is this obsession with being seen face to face, which is a, which is a weird one. It makes a great headline. But again, if you actually talk to real people, um, they they often say, actually, I, I quite like the remote consultations. But they have their place, in other words. Um, they're really convenient. So if I'm a commuter and I work in London, it's brilliant. I can talk to my GP on the phone. Um, if I'm a mum and I've got three small children, getting them into a GP surgery and out again is an utter mission. I, I really love the fact I can be sat in my living room and I flip on the CBBs or give them an iPad um, and I can have the conversation done in 10 minutes and uh, I might get interrupted because they are three small children, but actually it's much more likely that I, I can get what I need and it's much less kind of painful, inconvenient. So yep. we've had an obsession with driving towards 100%, um, but actually people don't want that. Um, but again, if we actually look at the facts, if you take what I've said about the 20%, so face-to-face um, is about 80% of what we're doing, and that is the original 8 out of 10 appointments. If you look at 20%, that would be yep. 2 out of 10 appointments. So 2 out of 10 appointments are remote consultations that we're doing extra on top of what we did before and the eight out of ten are what we were doing originally and they're all face to face so we've been actually kind of punished ironically for doing more work (laughs) because if we just stuck with what we were doing before (laughs) then um our percentages do you see what i mean the the fact that we've got more the percentage counts against us um, and they're focusing on that rather than absolute numbers absolute numbers we're doing more face to face than we were doing before so and that is 25.9 million appointments per month that we're doing um nationally so um and that was 25.6 million before covid um so so we're up um and and then we're doing all those remote consultations on top of that as well yeah it's it's, it's, it's a really important point to get across isn't it because it is sort of a, you know everyone's sort of talking access can't get to see my gp what are they doing and yeah it's sort of trying to get some of the you know information that's readily available out there about that and saying actually it's it's not appointment availability it, it, it it's um you know a slight you know a shrinking workforce and more appointments than ever before but it, it's um it's feeling tough for patients yeah well, what about it's, it's the um, mismatch it brings us yeah. back around it's a mismatch that's the problem is we've yeah. got a shortage of gps 
versus huge needs of the population for various reasons and and that's what we've got to start explaining to people is is it's that mismatch that means it feels like you can't access your gp and and you can't because effectively there's increased competition for the for the appointments that are there and then the other bit that we didn't get a chance to cover in the interview which again is really close to everyone's hearts in general practice is around the invisible workload um that is done by all all members of the practice team that isn't really kind of recognized because it's not ca- and it's not counted as appointments so again we've started doing a bit of work haven't we at the lmc looking at like actually if you look at how many records a clinician has um kind of touched um or opened that that would more truly reflect the decision making they're doing so again you'll do your clinic and then after your clinic then you do all the prescription requests you're doing the medication reviews you're looking at the scan requests the hospital letters um all of these other things that that come in and each of those requires and the blood test obviously each of those requires clinical decision making i.e that a decision is made that is fine or actually i need to see that patient or oh my goodness this actually shows that there's something horrible like a cancer on there and they need urgent intervention but and that could be done in an appointment but we don't we're so efficient that we're doing that outside of appointments but it's not recognized at all so if you ask those people who'd seen you in clinic either telephone or face-to-face did the nhs help you today did your gp practice help you today they would say yes they did i you know i i i had help from my gp any of those patients you kind of touch afterwards in terms of um blood test reviews and, and making all of those decisions of you know do they need different care different medication all the rest of it if you ask those patients did did your gp help you today they 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 wouldn't be aware of it they just simply wouldn't be aware of it and yet if we make a mistake it can be life-changing or life-threatening in fact if we miss something um but that workload is is not counted at all let alone all the insurance reports and requests for reports from education and safeguarding and you know the police and everything else out there um that that gps are are, are asked to to help with um so we i didn't get a chance to touch on that or about kindness to staff because again the other thing that um we need to be really aware of is our staff and that again whilst there's this competition for appointments and it feels hard to see the person that you want to get healthcare advice from it, it isn't the receptionist's fault either it really yeah, isn't they are they are absolutely doing their best in an overstretched system um and it's so important that the public are kind um because yeah they're put in an impossible position um but if we're unkind to those people then they leave understandably <laughs> yeah um, i mean i've had to contact my gp a couple of times in the last couple of weeks and it, it, it takes a while to get through but you know yeah. it's, there's no point being frustrated with the person you get on the other end of the line that they're they're you know trying their best in a in a really difficult system I think yeah absolutely and and if you're so mean to them that they leave then there will be one less receptionist to answer the phone which means the next time you want to ring yep. there won't be anyone to pick it up um, yeah so it's that, it's that concept of a sort of precious resource isn't it so sort of trying, trying to help your local yeah. practice and uh, support yeah, right. absolutely. Absolutely. Indeed. So, um, so yes, those were the sort of points that we were getting across. And then we were touching upon the strep A crisis a little bit, um, yes. which obviously has kind of completely overwhelmed practices recently and has, has driven up the, the request for appointments, um, massively. So, uh, we were doing a drive. Uh, the, the last message that I touched upon was, um, around, uh, around that really. And again, what practices are telling us is that not all of the people come coming forward actually need to be seen and in fact they're saying people are are having the appointment and saying 
I, I wasn't sure. I didn't think I needed to be seen, but I've read the letter from public health and now I'm scared. So I, I just want to get checked. I just want to get reassured. Um, I wouldn't usually have come. Um, and again, numbers around that are, are, are really high. So one colleague was telling me, you know, they'd had 20 children on their list and of those 20 that they'd had a chat with the parents to see as a triage call of, of whether they need to be seen and have antibiotics. 18 of them didn't need to be seen at all and they have a low threshold for seeing, but they just didn't meet the criteria at all um of 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 being worried um so you've got a huge number of people coming forward um and it just it makes the haystack really big um the analogy is like there's a big pile of snow and you've got a few diamonds in there those are the precious children that we absolutely need to to see and assess and treat um and if you've got a massive pile of snow that's sparkling away there you you can't see those diamonds in there um so we absolutely needed the public to help us um in terms of self-care and self assessment before they go for that kind of reaction of picking up the phone and saying I, I need to be seen um so we were signposting to healthier together which is a fantastic website it's great in normal times and it's really helpful at the moment when people are really feeling worried and nervous and um, it has lots of information about child health it's really really easy to use and it tells you when to go and get help so it gives you the features and then what level of kind of urgency you need to be seen um so that's healthier together website um and there's there's loads on there and and that's got some uh, information specifically around strep a and scarlet fever as well i think that was really we were actually chatting in the office earlier and i think that some of the staff in the office that that's what they picked up on you know a really helpful resource so that's the thing go to that one and it you know actually changing people's approach as you say it's sort of uh it, i've used it as a parent before and it's it's quite clear it's sort of like when to worry about your child when not to worry about your child which i think is then uh getting to the point you were making earlier and it's written in nice clear english as well it's not it's not aimed at doctors it's aimed at yes. normal people so you can read it and think I, you know, I understand what I'm looking for as a parent, um, which is really, really helpful when you're feeling stressed. Yeah. Well, thank you, Laura. It's been really um, good just to get a little bit more detail behind all the, the media you've been doing last week. And it was also in the printed press as well, uh, which is helpful. So uh, thanks so much. Thanks for your time today. You're very welcome. Nice to chat with you, Ed. Bye bye. Bye. Wessex LMC's supporting you and your practice. 